So I think first and foremost, entrepreneurship, it, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of commitment. Things in your personal life certainly go on the back burner. And you're taking a risk because there's a 99% chance of failure for almost any venture. And I've certainly had my, my share of failures as well. And I think that's, that's important to kind of honing your craft a little bit. Hi, all. This is The Credentialed, the show where we chat with super interesting tech executives who don't fit the tech exec mold. I'm Kate Kay, your host here at The Credentialed. Today, I'm excited to chat with our guest, Heidi Lehman, a longtime mobile technology and media entrepreneur. Heidi's been involved in getting all sorts of tech and media startups up and running. She sold a mobile advertising firm to AOL, started a mobile content company aimed at LGBT audiences, and today, she's focusing her talents on taking wearable technology way beyond fitness trackers and counting steps. Heidi Lehman, welcome to The Credentialed. Thank you, Kate. It's great to be here. So, Heidi, you've been involved in several mobile tech ventures over the years, but I want to start with your current one, Kenzen. Uh, Kenzen provides wearable technology for health and medical purposes, but it goes way beyond just the fitness tracker thing and tracking steps. Tell me about what Kenzen does. Kenzen is a, basically a smart patch uh, that has unique biosensors and non-invasive sweat analysis to detect avoidable conditions in real time. So our initial field of use are heat-related conditions. So dehydration, muscle strain, muscle cramping, ion deficiency, which is called hyponatremia. But eventually, we're going to broaden to measure many other things. So think of elevated glucose, cortisol, lactate, things like that. And this so is all just, based on sweat? <laughs> yeah, it's all based on sweat. So sweat is interesting. It has biomarkers that mirror blood, but it's non-invasive and readily available, which means it's continuous. So you, you have the ability to monitor the physiology in real time. So healthcare today is very much like a spot check. You go to the doctor, they'll draw blood, or you go to a lab, and that tells you how you are at one point in time. But fast forward a week, a month, or a year from now, and, and your physiology could have completely changed. So Kenzen is able, through, again, the unique biomarkers and the, uh, the proprietary sweat analysis, to know how you are moment to moment. So it's, it's very groundbreaking in the healthcare space. And, I mean... It sounds like there's definite applications for athletes and people who are, you know, just involved in sports or training or things like that, too, right? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. So sports is, is absolutely one of our market entries. So we were fortunate to win a TechCrunch First and Future Athlete Award in 2016, and that was judged by Nike, Condoleezza Rice, the NFL. So that really put us on the map for sports. And you're right, there's great application there. And we actually ended up getting a grant from the NFL and investment from the 49ers as a result of that. So our, our market entry or one of them is sports. So we're working with a variety of different sports teams and trainers. And sports trainers are great because most of them have PhDs in sports medicine, and they really have a deep understanding of physiology. And the athletes, 
our elite. You, you couldn't find individuals in, in much better shape than, than professional athletes, and they're putting their bodies through high exertion every day. So it's the perfect place for us to really perfect our algorithms and uh, kick the tires on our product. But then another market entry is what we're calling industrial athletes. So these are workers that are subjected to high exertion jobs and, and high temperatures as well. So if you think of construction workers or coal miners or those working on oil and gas rigs, that's, a, that's another big initial market for us. And then we're doing trials and tests with hospitals and, and things like that as well as we, as we broaden our, our healthcare mandate. Wow. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of technologies out there lately that are kind of retrofitting old traditional ways of doing things by digitizing them. And this is just another, you know, really fascinating example of that. Um, So I want to talk about some of your background. I mean, you, you know, you've done so many different things in the world of mobile and media and you're kind of a serial entrepreneur. I mean, you've founded multiple companies in the mobile tech and media space. Can you give me a little rundown? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so yes, I guess at, at this point, I am, I am definitely what you would consider a, a serial entrepreneur. Um, I wasn't one of those kids with stories of starting a business at 10 years old or anything like that. But when I got into the workforce, things always moved a little bit too slowly for me. I always wanted to move faster or I thought, you know, there's a better way to do this. So that's kind of what pushed me to be an entrepreneur. And early on, I was really involved in startups as a, you know, just a a founding member or a member of the team in Boston and New York. So I really learned how raising venture capital worked and what it took to bring a team together So the first company where I was officially a founder was in 2004, and that was Third Screen Media. So we were one of the first mobile advertising platforms uh, before smartphones and before there were any ads on phones. That was kind of our innovation to to the marketplace. And we really made the market, got all the publishers on board and ready to accept mobile ads, introduced the wireless carriers to the space, which to them was very foreign at the time. And we were actually acquired uh, in 2007 by, by AOL uh, when the, the market was high and the knowledge was low, which mm-hmm. is, always, is always a great time to, uh, to sell a company. Um, so that, that definitely uh, gave me the entrepreneurial bug. And uh, following that, I think, you know, one – one entrepreneurial venture always needs lead to the next, uh, and I'm an I'm an LGBT individual, and I saw that on phones there was a, a good need for LGBT content. Uh, mm-hmm. LGBT population are out a lot. They're early technology adopters. They have high disposable income, which makes them uh, very desirable to advertisers. So my second company in 2008 was called MoxieQ, and we really featured LGBT tastemakers, uh, and tastemakers to us meant celebrity experts. So we brought uh, folks like Kim Kardashian's makeup artist, uh, Beyonce's event planner, Katie Couric's trainer, the hairstylist to the Playboy Mansion, and gave them a forum to share their expertise via blog and via video. 
And the company ended up actually getting much larger than an LGBT audience. And we started mobile specific, uh, had, had broad distribution across all the carriers, but then ultimately got the attention of Bravo TV. Um, and so we had a large promotional deal with Bravo TV, in particular, uh, the Housewife franchise. Wow. Yeah, I mean, um, Bravo TV, so- that's a pretty good score right away. It, it definitely, it definitely was a good score, and uh, and that kind of led the, the that experience with Bravo uh, led to the inspiration for the the next venture, which is uh, FWSI Media, Smart Women, Smart Ideas, is all is all about helping female founders of the next big consumer brands get known, get funded, and go big. And the way we did that, taking a taking a page from Bethany Frankel, was through broadly distributed uh, media, uh, video, and then social media. So women who get backed a lot less often than men in general um, often start product companies, so food, fashion, and fitness. And those are really hard to get on the radar screen of venture capitalists uh, who typically don't want to back consumer brands generally, but in particular before they know that there's a market for them. And you don't know that there's a market for them until you get them out there. Um, so we started FWSI on that, on that mandate, uh, mm. female founders and consumer brands, and we caught the attention of BET. And yeah. so I think about six months later, BET acquired that programming. And January of this year, we launched Clean Boss. They renamed the first show. Um, and it was all about African-American founders. Okay. We'll return to our chat with Heidi Lehman, Chief Commercial Officer at Kenzen, in just a moment. I'd like to take a quick break here to remind you that you're listening to The Credentialed, a podcast giving voice to people in tech and innovation who don't fit the mold when we think tech executive. My name is Kate Kay, and I'm your host. Do you know someone who should be featured on The Credentialed? Are you someone who should be on? Let us know. Email me at Kate at thecredentialed.com or tweet to us at the cred podcast that's kate at thecredentialed.com or the cred podcast on twitter now back to our chat with heidi lehman of kenzen on the credentialed you've had all these successes in sequence here which is really striking and um i mean but i think when you know when people think about what it must what must go into that and you're all of you're you're putting so much of your personal energy and your reputation behind every one of these projects um you know especially you're you know you've you've very often dealt in this realm of emerging technologies where a lot of stuff's not necessarily proven and you know I'm curious to know what goes into your decision making process when you're you know, kind of looking ahead to your next big project? Like, are there keys that you are or sort of approaches that you've always taken? So I think first and foremost, entrepreneurship, it, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of commitment. Um, things in your personal life certainly go on the back burner. And you're taking a risk because there's a 99% chance of failure for almost any venture. And I've certainly had my, my share of failures as well. And I think that's, that's important to kind of honing your craft a little bit. So I'd say the, the first criteria is really just having a strong connection to what you're doing. I mean, you've really got to feel connected and passionate to it 
first and foremost. You know, it's got to be a big idea. So, so just having passion isn't necessarily enough. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm passionate about, but it's not necessarily going to solve a big problem. So there's got to be a big idea there that's truly going to transform a space, a problem that you're, a problem that you're solving or something that you're doing to transform that space in a way that's going to make it markedly better. So that's, that's got to be there. And then, and this is, I really think this is the key to, to any entrepreneur. And this is something that I, I guess you can call it your gut, but it's, it's nothing you can teach, but it's just, is the market ready for it? Meaning is the timing right? Because I'd say I've been involved in a, in a couple of ventures and they're, they've been really good ideas and they have been big ideas or solving a problem, but the market just wasn't ready for it yet. Either you were a little bit late or a little bit early. So is the market ready for what it is that you're doing? And then I guess a, you know, a final thing is really, are you the right person to do it? Um, you don't have to be able to fill every role within a company, but you've got to, if you're not that person, then you've got to be able to pull in the right people. You've got to be able to build the right team. You know, are you the one to found this company, to lead this company? And if not, who else can you bring in to help you, help you get it to the market? Mm. That's something probably some people are are better able to do than others. Um, admit that maybe they're not the right person, even though they have the great idea. Um, Ab- absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, look, venture capitalists tend to look at ideas. They, they evaluate it three ways, right? And, and I think in this particular order, so team, technology, and market. And then there's nuances under each of those categories. But the first thing is really the team. I mean, they've got to they've got to believe in you, they've got to trust you, and they've got to see that if not you, others that you've brought on your team have done something like this before. You've got to build the confidence of your investors. Mm. So uh, we're actually talking to you from, well, you're in Kansas City right now. And I am. So, I mean, I know that you've made Kansas City kind of your second home or your, your primary home with New York being your alternate place where you also do a lot of work out of. And uh, over the years, you've, you've kind of moved in that direction. And I'd love to know about what's up in Kansas City in terms of the technology scene. How would you describe it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, you know, my, my connection to Kansas City uh, started the way all good things do in my life, I guess. And that is I, I met a girl, I, I met somebody when I was the the founder of Third Screen, the mobile advertising company who was, uh, who was part of the innovation team at Sprint. Um, and when my, my company was acquired by AOL, I had a lot of, uh, of lifestyle flexibility. Um, so my, my first impulse uh, was to, to, say to, to say to my partner, uh, look, I'm going to save you from, from Kansas City. You can now come and move <laughs> to New York. But she had started her career in New York and, and had a great gig at, uh, at Sprint and did not want to be saved. So <laughs> I decided, okay, you know, I'll, I'll make my home base Kansas City, but I'm definitely going to keep my apartment in New York because that's where my network is and, and that's kind of where my, uh, my expertise is. And uh, you know, it, it worked out great. I love barbecue. I love the space. I, I kind of built up a good friend group here. But when I first entered uh, Kansas City as a, as a resident, which was 2007, um, you know, it was, a, it was a nice mid-market, Midwestern city uh, with somewhat of a mobile expertise. So Sprint's based mm-hmm. here, Garmin, 
um, you know, Hallmark. But for me, all the action was was still in New York, and I was kind of back and forth. Although I did uh, certainly leverage my my relationships at, at Sprint and Garmin and things that would be helpful. But I'd say over the past ten years, um, I mean, some interesting things have happened. So I think initially the first kind of public cue was Google Fiber uh, chose Kansas City. Uh, as one of the, the very first test cities for their high-speed network. Mm-hmm. And so around that, a lot of different venture capital and incubator firms started setting up. So I think just in the past 18 months, there's been nine new venture capital firms that have set up in Kansas City. Um, Techstars has a very robust program here. Uh, the Kaufman Foundation, which is all about entrepreneurship, is based here, and they just recruited somebody from Silicon Valley. And SAP mm-hmm. uh, also chose Kansas City as kind of its uh, its testbed for its smart city strategy. So it's become it's become very robust, and there's been a few exits recently that have been over a hundred million dollars. And so that mm-hmm. I think has built the confidence of Kansas City to start investing in itself um, a little bit more because unlike the coasts, and, and by the coast I mean primarily California, New York, Boston, you have such uh, long story entrepreneurial communities there. And I guess what I mean by that is an individual has an exit and let's say it's a good one. The first thing they'll typically do, you know, they take their vacation and they buy their parents a house or whatever it is, but then they'll make, they'll make small bets on other companies. So they start mm-hmm. investing and that's how the entrepreneurial community yeah. kind of bubbles up. You have you have individuals that have done very well and they have resources, but they tend to give philanthropically. They don't understand how to invest in startups and what it means and what criteria to look for, even what an exit is. But once you start having those exits and having those investments and you get more seasoned entrepreneurs who then become investors, that's how a community really begins to grow. And that's certainly happening here in Kansas City. Wow. Well, that's that's an, a really interesting overview of, of KC. Heidi, uh, thank you so much for joining me on The Credentialed. It's been a really interesting conversation. It's been great to be here with you, Kate. Thanks for inviting me. I'd like to thank Heidi Lehman, Chief Commercial Officer at Kenzen, for chatting today on The Credentialed. You can find out more about Kenzen at kenzen.com. That's K-E-N-Z-E-N dot com. Do you know someone who doesn't fit the technology executive stereotype who should be featured on The Credentialed? Are you someone who should be on? Let us know. Email me at kate at thecredentialed.com or tweet to us at the cred Podcast. That's kate at thecredentialed.com or the cred Podcast on Twitter. And thanks for listening to The Credentialed.